Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me always, Blake Harrison. How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. Very good. The legs are uh, a bit tender because I've been running today, but, uh, but other than that, all good. Lovely stuff. Why are you running? Oh, uh, is, that, is that how you're dropping it in? Eh? Why are you running? Um, no, I'm doing. I'm training up for a, a half marathon, and I've never run more than about five k before mm. in my life. So, uh, yeah, so it's an interesting little challenge. But I'm running for Honeypot, who uh, they they work with children who are carers. So these amazing kids that are like, I think uh, under twelve years old. Some of them, uh, they're, they're caring for disabled siblings or disabled parents about so they're coming home from school and then doing the washing the cleaning sorting out the medication that their yeah. parents might need or their siblings might need stuff like that and the the honeypot charity just do a, a wonderful thing of just like giving them some help giving them uh, some respite some like weekends where they can actually be with other children that are um also carers and give them a good time because god these kids are just not really getting much of a childhood really so uh so i'm running to raise money for them at the London Landmarks Half Marathon, which is on April the 3rd. And, uh, yeah, so I've got links on my um, like uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter, I think, and stuff like that. So if people can donate or share or anything like that, if, if you could do that, that would be lovely. Absolutely. We'll put the link to uh, the, the Just Giving page on um on the bio to this episode as well, so it makes it nice and easy uh, for you to go and uh, get involved and support Blake. Busy week for Harrison, man. Training for a half marathon, and oh, hello, Great British Bake Off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, filming Kate and Koji as well. That's coming out soon. Um, so it has been busy. It has been busy. Um, and, yeah, Bake Off, to be fair, Bake Off was done back in, like... I want to say, like, September. It always like, looks sunny, doesn't it? Whenever you watch it, yeah. the sun's always shining. Yeah, I mean, it was filmed in, like, September. It was a long time ago, so I've had to keep it under my hat for a while. But uh, I'm not allowed to say too much, but MMA fans, tune in. That's Love it. That's what I'm going to say for now. Stu, Stu knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> but, uh, you know, there may be an inspired bake somewhere along the line, but uh, I can't Love say it. anymore. Of um, course, of course. But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah. Well, let's talk MMA. Before we get on to um, looking ahead to 271, uh, we're recording this on Sunday the 6th. So this is uh, the, the, the morning after um, last night's uh, fight night, Hermanson versus Strickland. Um, it was all right. There were some great was- fights and there were some... I, 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 well, look, I mean, let's just let's start at the top, right? If we start with Hermanson versus uh, Strickland... A little bit underwhelming, I thought, that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Strick, Strickland did, a, for him, a really good game plan of just nullifying Hermanson's attacks. It, the, his takedown defense was on point. Hermanson couldn't really get in touch with him on the strike, and Strickland didn't really open up a huge amount. He's got that great jab. He's jab got the one impressive. two. That was really it, impressive. Jab was impressive. And he just seemed to fight a very technical kind of stoic 
fight. He was just kind of in control the whole time, which is the complete opposite. When you think of Sean, Sean Strickland, you think of this crazy guy <laughs> that said some quite mad things in, in the press as well. Um, and uh, he he was very composed and, and just did what he needed to do. And he ground out a really one-sided, even though, I mean, Jesus Christ, what judge gave it to Hermanson? Did that you see was that? It was a surreal. split decision. That was mental. That's such a weird thing, I think. I think, I looking back on it, I might have given Hermanson round one. That was it. Yeah. He come flying I, I, I was, out in five, knowing that he had to do something, yeah. and it, and 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 again, quite quickly, it, it just kind of petered back into the same yeah. sort of thing. And 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 I guess that's credit to Strickland controlling how the fight was going to go, and like you say, using using that jab and 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 avoiding you know any kind of takedowns from from Hermanson. But uh, do you know what Strickland's one of them fighters that whenever it's post fight interview. And someone puts a microphone in his mouth. I just think, oh no, is he going to say yeah. something? Like, it's one of them ones <laughs> that you just don't say? know, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, and I'm always worried it's going to be like, oh, and he's just finished his career. <laughs> he just yeah. said something terrible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he, he apologised. He apologised straight away, didn't he? Just saying like that was not the fight. I really, you know, I, I'd like to have done more. I'd like to have sort of given it to the fans a bit more. But you know, it's uh, it's it's a it's a big win. And, I mean, you know, he said, I'm a company man, you know, I'll fight who they tell me. Uh, but, you know, if they tell me to fight someone with a, a belt, then, you know, bonus. And I guess that's the best answer, really, right? Yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I would prefer it for fighters to just say what they really want and go for that and put that in the, the minds of the fans and stuff. But I think from a performance like that and with the way that – the title picture is looking structured, which we'll get onto when we yep. talk about, you know, 271 and everything that's coming up. I think that's probably the sensible thing because I don't think he's going to get the next shot. Yeah. I think, you know, we'll get onto it, but the next shot could be a rematch between Whitaker and Adesanya if Whitaker wins. Yeah. Or you're looking at Cannoneer and Brunson fighting it out for that kind of unofficial number one contender spot. Sure. And that's why I think Strickland could be a little... Like, you shouldn't... You should never be disappointed with the win. But... Could he have pushed himself a little bit more just to put more pressure mm. on Cannoneer and Brunson? Because they could be going into this fight on Saturday mm. going, if Strickland got a finish or if he just put on a really amazing performance where that last round he was just piecing him up, pushing forward and, and delivering more strikes, anything like that, then the UFC could be going, hey, Strickland is a fresh matchup. matchup. If Brunson wins, then Strickland's the fresher matchup. That works. Uh if if Cannoneer wins and it was a boring fight, then you could look at Strickland. But unfortunately, that's not happened for Strickland. So I think Strickland will have to get another win, maybe two, depending on what happens with the yeah. title picture. But um, but still a solid win, and he's up there now. He's a serious guy when it comes to looking at future title challengers. Hmm. Strickland's name in that division has to be mentioned now. Okay, uh, Soriano versus Maximov. Uh... I mean, for me, you know, he mauled him and he controlled him. Uh, Maximov, I'm talking about, um, dominated the fight, I thought. Uh, wasn't a particularly exciting fight to watch. Uh, they, 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 it felt like the UFC were probably more hyped about the fact Nate was in the building and Nate was, you know, yeah. Nate's his power, isn't he, and trained with him. And they kept sort of cutting away to, to Nate uh, because I think the fight itself was... You know, a dominant win, but just a bit boring. Um, well, the Shav, next fight. Shavkat. That weren't boring. That Shavkat, he's the man. And he, that welterweight division is yeah. looking better and better. Shavkat Rakhmanov is 15 and 0 now. I mean, and he's got some good wins. I mean, his, his opening win in the UFC was Cowboy Oliveira. I mean, that's that's a good win. That's a really good win. Um, I'd like to see him pushed and, and thrown straight in there with some with some big boys. Give him the Hamzat treatment that's what i say but um I we'll mean, have to see but i mean that could happen right what hamzat versus shavkat mm. that which is fun to say um i think that is definitely something that could happen i mean we'll have to we're still relatively early days in, in both of their careers but if you said to me now you got to buy or sell stock in shavkat fight in hamzat shemaev mm. potentially even for a belt 
within the next two years, I'd mm. I'd buy stock in that. I, I think that's definitely a possibility. Absolutely, yeah. It just looks super exciting, and and just l- looking at the, the 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 results and that on here. Whenever you see like fifteen zero zero, it's exciting, isn't it? You know, you yeah. just think and putting on a performance like that, I just think, and it, I, I guess it helped that the card wasn't that exciting, and so he stood out. That's you know all of the press that I've seen post fight has been talking about Shavkat. And so, yeah. yeah, I think somebody come out with a with a, a glowing CV from last night's event, and it was definitely uh, Shavkat. Uh, somebody who's probably not smiling anymore uh, is uh, is Sam Alvey. Uh, sixth, no, sixth or seventh loss on the bounce, I think it I've is. I've lost track. Um, I've lost track. I, I, I mean, we, we, we've spoke about this before. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if he's like... Whether he's the, whether he drives Dana around part time or something like that when he's not training, or I don't know, is he Dana's chef? Like, what's going on? Like, how is Sam Alvey still fighting in the UFC? Go on, what you got? He's on, he's on a seven fight losing streak. I believe that is tied for the longest or worst, however you want to put it, losing streak in UFC history. I believe it's tied as well with BJ Penn. Right. So, uh, and Sam Alvey was never a BJ Penn. Yeah, no. BJ Penn, you can go, oh, they've kept him around for historical reasons. They don't want Bellator or someone else picking him up, even though he's not getting wins. He's still a draw in a sense. He's a legend, whatever. Sam Alvey's not that. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a weird one. But um, uh, the, the guy who probably had the best night of the evening as far as, like, financially and all that kind of stuff concerned is, uh, is old Juicy J, Julian Arosa, former... Uh, opponent of Paddy Pimlet. Uh, you may remember um, we spoke to Paddy about this when we first had Paddy on the show, that kind of infamous uh, post-fight scene where he throws up uh, and people were thinking he threw up blood after that fight. Didn't throw up blood. It was a Ferrero Rocher hot chocolate <laughs> uh, that he threw up that he stupidly had before the fight. <laughs> Good that's, on the, you, that's the first episode, uh, first of two we've done with Paddy. Go check that one out because there's some proper laughs in that episode. That is great. And uh, yeah, so Julian Rosa, former opponent of, of Paddy Pimblett. Uh, Julian, last night, so he goes into the fight against Pemberton. Pemberton misses weight by about three pounds as well. So he substantially misses weight. So Julian Rosa not only gets his show money. Is it obviously Peterson? got his. Oh, is it Peterson? Yeah, Stephen Peterson. Peterson, yeah. Peterson, that's what I meant to say. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Um, but uh, he... Uh, he's, he, um, Steve Pemberton is the guy from um, League, of uh, in, in League of Gentlemen and Inside Number Nine. <laughs> Imagine him having a scrap. He'd do it in character as well. It'd be great. Um, but, I um, love the fact the yeah. first name you pronounce wrong is a really easy one. I'm loving it. Yeah. Loving it. Shevkat <laughs> Rachmanov, no problem. Abdurakahimov, no problem. Peterson, no. Haven't got a clue. Old Steve Pemberton. Um, <laughs> Steve Pemberton. <laughs> Fighting Reece Shearsmith coming up next. Um but uh, anyway, so yeah, so Julian Juicy J Rose he wins his show, he gets his show money, he gets his win money. He then takes thirty percent of Peterson's purse because Peterson missed weight, and they win fight of the night. But because Peterson misses weight, Erosa gets the whole check. He gets a hundred k for the fight of the night bonus. That is some night at the office, isn't it? Yeah, he's done incredibly up. well. It was a banging fight as well. Like oh, it's a cracker. Through Dan, didn't they? Yeah, really, really great fight. Okie dokie. Right, well, look, we've been looking back. Should we look forward now? Let's look forward. 271, Adesanya Whitaker 2. And oh boy, let's start at the top. The, uh, the main event is one that I've been looking forward to for a while. I really, really think this is going to be an exciting fight. What's your thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just hope. Who do you want to win first and foremost? Who would you like to see win this? That's a really tough question. To There's ask not a bad guy here, is there? No, I, I know a lot of people do have problems with Adesanya, but oh, I don't. I, 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 I love Adesanya. I think he's a showman. I think he's fantastic. But I re- personality-wise, I really have such a soft spot for Robert Whitaker. I think he's such a nice bloke. Yeah. Proper down to earth, lovely guy. And so I sort of do want him to win, but also 
I think Adesanya is fantastic and I love his fight style. So oh, I'm really torn on who I want to win. Um, who I think will win, I'm less torn. You think Izzy, right? I do think Izzy's going to win. Yeah, I, 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 I have to say, I think this will, I, I've, I've said this from the off. This will be a much closer fight than their first fight that ended in round two. Could have ended at the end of round one if the buzzer didn't save Whitaker. Um, but I believe Robert Whitaker, when he says that he went into that with sort of certain mental health issues and problems and stuff like that, I truly believe that. And he's come back and shown against top opposition, you know, Jared Cannonier, Darren Till, uh, Kelvin Gastelum. He's beaten those guys pretty handily. Uh, the, the, the Till fight was close, but I, I think he, he definitely won that fight. Um, so I think he's proven that he's the number one guy. And I think the exciting thing about this fight is I think as far as I'm concerned, these are undeniably the two best guys at 185 pounds. Oh, and so oh, this, is the, the, this is the best fight we're possibly going to get. Um, one of the interesting factors is, again, on a pay-per-view UFC card, contract negotiations. Now, it's not as bad as what it was for Ngannou, but I believe, if I've heard correctly, Adesanya only has two fights left on his contract. So, if Izzy wins, he's got one fight left. I think he holds all the cards in a renegotiation for the UFC. They can't keep having people leaving. I think Connor's only got a couple of fights left. Nate Diaz maybe only has one fight left. Ngannou's obviously got a till the end of the year, and then he's out of contract. So this is, this is becoming difficult for the UFC. They, they can't have their stars continually leaving the company. One thing I think might be in their favour, uh, unlike in the Ngannou situation, is he doesn't have a foil like a Tyson Fury who's going, come over here and earn loads more money. He doesn't have that. I do think the best, I think the best place for both of them is the UFC. But I think... Um, Izzy, I don't see getting a huge amount of opportunities outside the UFC for big, big money because there's yeah. a lot being made of Engano only earning 600k, blah, 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 which is bad. But I don't think pay per view points are being factored into that figure. So when it comes to a UFC, yes, he's only getting 600k, but when you throw on the pay per view points on top, he's making well over a million, if not two million, something like that, which you could argue is still not enough for the heavyweight champion of the world. And I, I, I wouldn't contest that at all. But it's it's slightly skewed this whole 600k thing, um, but with Izzy, I think he can definitely renegotiate a big contract if he wins. If he loses, though, he loses a lot of sway at that negotiation table because the UFC, from a meritocracy point of view, if Whitaker wins, should be booking Adesanya Whitaker free. You run it straight back, and uh, and you complete a trilogy. But if Adesanya's only got one fight left in his contract and he's unwilling to negotiate, he wants to try free agency or anything like that, the UFC just won't give him that fight. They'll, they'll bench him for as long as they can, trying to get the negotiations done, and Whitaker will fight a, a Brunson, a Cannoneer, a Sean Strickland or something like that instead. Um, so there's pressure on this for Izzy, I think, in terms of how much sway he'll have at the negotiation tables when it comes to renegotiating this contract, which I think will get done. I can't see why it wouldn't get done. And um, you, you have there's... to look at who's wrapped random as well. So obviously yeah. Francis must have plenty of people that are, you know, in his, in, within the business that are telling him, you need to do this, this, this. There'll be advisors obviously pushing and pulling him all over the place because he's arguably the baddest man on the planet. So, you know, anybody that's already got their, their foot in the door working with the finances of him are going to be looking at, obviously, options to fight people for serious money, yeah. you know. You wonder if legacy and that is important to a lot of these people. Whereas I think, I, I, I don't think Izzy is anywhere near as marketable as the baddest man on the planet. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because the heavyweight champion of the world is always going to be the, the, the biggest and the best. And I, I think he's, he's an incredible fighter. I think he's young. He's still got plenty of, plenty of, sort of miles in the tank. Hopefully, you know, you've not seen talk of him. And, and obviously, he's, he's, he's tight with, um, with Francis. And I, I've not seen it, but I've, I've not sort of seen Izzy speaking out about fighter pay. Um, you know, if, if anyone has, let us know, but I've, I've not. So I, I think that could be quite straightforward. But I agree, like, if, if, if Robert wins, then get, run it back again. And, uh, yeah, uh, I've got a feeling that I think Whitaker could go as, you know, he's a smart fighter as well. And I think, yeah. I, I think he'll look at that first fight. He'll learn from that. You know, no fighter is not going to be studying it. But, but then again, how much more is Izzy evolved? You know, what is he's going to turn up? You know, he's such a flamboyant, exciting, unpredictable fighter. So, yeah, it just got everything to make for an absolute explosion of a fight. And I can't wait. Absolutely can't wait. And I'd love to see Whitaker win. Yeah, well, no, I look, if Whitaker wins, I'd, I'd be pretty happy with that. I do think that's fantastic. I think, and I really like Whitaker, but he's spoken quite openly about Jan Blachowicz, uh, uh setting the blueprint to fight Izzy, you know, strike yeah. with him for a couple of rounds. And then when, you know, he's not expecting it as much, going for the takedowns. And, you know, once you get the takedowns, you should be able to hold him down pretty easily. Whitaker's confident in his ability to hold him down once he gets him down. And that sounds great on paper. However, what I'm not hearing enough people talk about is Jan Blahovich went into that fight about two stone heavier than Izzy. Izzy weighed in at about 203. Mm-hmm. Jan weighed in at 205, but then probably ballooned up to 225. So there's a huge difference there in weight. And Whitaker won't have that kind of physical weight advantage over Adesanya. So the the reason that I think Yan was able to hold Izzy down so easily was because he was so much stronger and so much heavier. Whitaker will not have that in his back pocket. So he's got to be technically better on the ground. And whether he, I think he is better than Izzy on the ground, but is he enough to hold him down, keep him down and all that stuff for long periods of the fight? We'll have to wait and see. And also, is his first loss? Do you not think that he has gone and watched that fight over and over and over and pulled it apart and just looked at where he went wrong? And, you know, he's going to be looking to remedy that. So, you know, these are two fighters in their prime that are evolving and evolving. And as I said a moment ago, it's going to make for an absolute belter of of a headline fight. Yeah, and I think that the only other thing to talk about in terms of pressure is the pressure on Whitaker because you can't imagine... Adesanya is going to get beat by anyone other than maybe Whitaker at the moment. There's no one coming along right now unless Usman were to go up, but they're buddies. I don't see that happening. Maybe Hamzat goes up at some point. That could be very interesting. Um, but if Whitaker loses this fight, how does he get to a title again? Does he have to try and drop back down to welterweight where he did before? And his performances weren't as good at welterweight as there are at middleweight, clearly that that does drain him. And health-wise, you would never recommend a fighter drops back down when they've had success at a a weight class. Um, But I don't know where else you go. If if Whitaker loses this fight, where does he go? Does he wait for Adesanya to to get beat? Or, Or does he drop down? And that will be really interesting to see what Whitaker does if he doesn't win this fight. But I'm expecting a good one, and I expect it to be ended probably by decision rather than a finish. Mm. If there was a finish, who's getting it? If there's a finish, I'm going to Izzy. Mm. 
I'm going to go for a Whitaker finish. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, I'm yeah. throwing that out there, mate. I'm throwing that out there. Collectively, what we're saying is do not bet on this fight. <laughs> exactly. Don't make right. a bet. Okay. And another one you shouldn't make a bet on. Because <laughs> yeah. who knows where it's going to go? <laughs> don't blink with these. Don't blink. Don't, yeah, don't, don't blink with these. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Do not blink when these big boys start throwing because, uh, oh, I mean, this this has got excitement written all over it. Taito Vaza, a huge character in the UFC. Derek Lewis, massive character in the UFC. You know, they've both got monster heavy hands. It's a big jump up for Ty, I think, in, in class of opponent. Obviously, I'd like to see Ty do something incredible here and, and get the win. I don't know. I, I I don't see Ty beating Derek Lewis. I just do not see it. Derek Lewis, you know, even when he's looking like he's beat, we've seen it so many times, he turns it around. And, you know, when it comes to the big, big fights with, with Lewis, sometimes, you know, he falls a little short. But I think anyone outside that top five, I, I just think you've got to do something pretty special to get him out of there. And I as much as I'd love to see it and have a big shoey, I don't think two of ours has got it. Oh, the thing is, I, I, I'm leaning Lewis. Mm. The experience, that extra bit of power, maybe like I'm leaning towards Lewis. However, I really do believe it's whoever connects first because I think both of them have got such power in their shots, but both of them are susceptible to shots as well. Mm. You know, both. Both of them, I think, are, are easily capable of putting the other one's lights out. It's going to be who hits first. Do you know what the, re- the thing that's just occurred to me that we might get that would be so disappointed if we got like another Nganu Lewis oh, fight? Don't say no. that. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> was thinking it. Everyone was no. thinking it. No, I, I, I literally just thought, I thought this is, to, to be honest, I think this is going to barely see more than about 90 seconds. I really believe this fight is done within two minutes. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just whoever connects first, man. But I think both of them are technically better strikers than what we give them credit for a lot of the time. Um, but the power is just crazy. And both of them, I think, have got losses to like Junior DeSantos, who's clipped them and stuff uh, before. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know which way this is going to go. One, one of the things that's an interesting thing is this is back at Houston. Derek Lewis's hometown where he fought Cyril Garn and sort of had a bit of a mental block. Couldn't quite get off the, uh, off the starting line in that fight. He was saying it in the lead up to the fight that he found it a bit weird and a bit strange that he was headlining in his hometown. I know he's not headlining this card, but can he put the Houston demons to bed? We'll have to wait and see. Is that going to be a psychological thing in Derek Lewis's brain? The other he was fighting a very different opponent there, mate. In Cyril, I know. Oh, I get it. I know that. But the psychology is: will he just be that that half a second hesitant, that half a second slower because he's in front of his home crowd again, only a few months removed from where he got beat in Houston before? Um, it could be a factor. It might not be, but it's definitely something that could come into play. Um, but the, uh, he got, must also be thinking if he if he loses to Taito Avaza, that doesn't do him many favours whatsoever. Losing God. to a, a number, what is he? What's Tovaza ranked now? Eleventh. Do you know what and I mean? Derek Lewis is third. This is a huge step up for Ty. Mm. A huge step up for Ty. If he wins this, that's an astronomical jump. If he were to take Lewis's place, which why wouldn't he? If he wins and go from eleventh outside the top ten to third. Mm. That would be massive. Um, and he'd be, if he won this, the only guy, I believe, in the top four who hasn't fought for a belt or been beaten by Engano. Um And there's a lot of issues going on at heavyweight at the moment. You know, there's there's the, the contract issues with Engano, the, the likely knee surgery that he's going to have to have. Um, it's not out of the realms of possibility for Taito Ivasa to win this fight. And before the end of the year, is fighting for an interim title, maybe even by like August or something like that. That could happen. That who, could definitely who, happen. Who in that division's got as much charisma and personality and he's a fan favourite? Derek Lewis. That's the only that, one. That's it. That is that's it. That's it. 
Like, so, so it could be a fucking great, great night for Taito Avaz. If he pulls that off, things could be looking very tasty for him. Yeah, I mean, and look, there's people that deserve it more. I mean, Cyril Garn's fantastic. I know he just got beat, but he is fantastic. Curtis Blades is is actually doing well again and is a really, I think, a tough out for most fighters in that division. However, he's lost to Ngannou twice. So the chance of him getting a title shot while Ngannou's a champion, very, very unlikely. The John Jones thing hasn't materialised. Volkov's fighting Tom Aspinall in March 19th, and obviously we're all hoping for a big Tom Aspinall win there. Yeah, boy. He's looking sharp, by the way. I've been watching his training videos. Have you seen the punching bag? Yeah, man. Volkov's chin is up like (laughs) about a foot (laughs) higher than Aspinall's head. Um, It's brilliant. Um, but great, but but you know, there's there's the, the landscape of the heavyweight division come the end of March could be a very different place if they, yeah. if the UFC can't get all these contract negotiations sorted and Garnu, John Jones, Stepe Miocic, stuff like that, they can't get that sorted, then we could potentially by the end of the year be looking at Aspinall number five, Taito Ivasa number three, interim title, yeah. fresh blood, throw them in there, see what happens, why not? It's not uncommon for the UFC to do stuff like this. This could yeah. happen, and it could be a really great thing. And that could be a – what a fun fight that might be, Aspinall oh, and Taito Mivasa. Um, I up. know. Um, having said that, uh, I am still leaning Derek Lewis. So I just got us all excited over nothing, <laughs> potentially. Um, so I'm leaning Lewis. But, I mean, fuck me. If, if we see Taito Mivasa connect – and then go for a shoey. Then hey, I'll I'll be cheering along. That'll be that'll be fun. Defo man, defo man. Right, we're moving back to the middleweight division now. I'm just taking this opportunity now um, to talk about one of the, uh, the well, arguably certainly you know the greatest middleweight that's ever come from these shores. We sat down with Michael Bispin uh, last week. We've not actually mentioned it yet. Uh, we sat with Michael for an hour uh, in the lead up to the release of um, the film Bispin. And, oh, mate, what a chat that was. That was fantastic. We, we, we're going to wait. We're holding off on releasing yeah. that until the film is, is getting released, you say. But to talk to, to Michael Bisping was, was phenomenal. It was great. Uh, it really was. And as you'd imagine, you know, he's an open book and he tells it as it is. And, yeah, you're in for a treat. So keep your eyes peeled for that one because it, uh, it'll be coming out in March and it's an absolutely belting episode. Anyway, on... Well, while we're talking 185, Cannoneer versus Brunson. This is the unofficial number one contender fight, isn't it? I mean, yeah. we mentioned Strickland earlier, maybe didn't quite do enough. So it looks like the winner of this fight should be getting the shot. Uh, Brunson's got a loss to both Whitaker and Adesanya, but has been on a tear lately. Has it done really, really well? What's he on like a... F- he's 5-0 and since getting his arse handed to him by Adesanya. And he's Blonde got full blonde... Blonde Brunson, Blonde Brunson. <laughs> and again, he's beat some good guys. You know, he's beat uh, the likes of, of, of Darren Till and some of that. So, you know, I, I think Derek's definitely deserving of, of a title shot. Cannonier, a little bit more up and down, lost to Whitaker only a little while ago. Uh, but gosh, he's got power in those hands. If you remember what he did to, to Jack Hermanson, uh, that uppercut and stuff like that, then, you know, he's, he's, he's not to be trifled with. Uh, and so uh, you enjoyed the word trifle, didn't I you? Did, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's in this fight. I would lean Derek Brunson. I would go Derek Brunson. I think he's got the tools uh, to deal with Cannoneer to get him on his back, to drain him, to get that lactic acid in the arms by dealing with takedowns and stuff like that, uh, and take his power away from him. However. We saw what happened to Hermanson when he went for a takedown. Derek Brunson's going to have to be very cautious about how he sets up his takedowns and not just kind of shoot in from distance or anything like that. He's going to have to find his way in using his striking and then get into the takedowns and ideally get into the takedowns early so that he can drain Cannoneer and then be able to kind of have his way with him a little bit. Um, I I agree with you, mate. And And I think Brunson... Brunson's experience, I think, is going to be key here as well. I, I, yeah. I think that the, the, the experience that he's got will, will really pay off here. And I do, I, I just think he's going to control him uh, on, on the ground. And just, yeah, I don't necessarily, unless Cannoneer sort of throws something magical, I, I, I see this probably being a, 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 
a, a grinder, a grinder of three rounds. I think it's uh, it's not necessarily going to be fireworks this one, but who knows? You know, when you got Cannoneer in there, you know he can hit like a truck. So you never know. This is a guy that used to fight a heavyweight. Is now yeah. fighting at one eighty five. <laughs> Cannoneer used to be a big boy, and he's kept a lot of his big power. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it only takes one to land, and Brunson could be out. But yeah, I'm expecting a a unanimous decision. Brunson win. Okay. What else do you want to talk about on this card, mate? Well, do you know what? I think we had a little chat a while ago, and it was kind of like leading up to to today, kind of going, ah, oh, there's not like a huge amount, not like massive big names on the card. We just talked about some really exciting aspects of the card. Yeah. But then when I went through it, I was like, do you know what? Actually, there are some really cool things on this card. Yeah. And there is actually a lot to get excited about, not necessarily in terms of like title implications and huge storylines or anything like that. But just fun fights to watch. I'll watch Kyler Phillips any day. I think Kyler Phillips is a great fighter. His last fight was against Paiva in that really weird loss he had where um, he kind of 10-8'd him in the first round as far as most people were concerned. And then he kind of blew out his gas tank. Paiva came back and won the next two rounds. Uh, and so he was he was given the nod. But if the 10-8 was given by the judges, which I feel like it should have been, it, then it should have been a draw. Um so yeah, but but Phillips is is taking on Marcelo Rocco. Um, I mean, the other thing about Phillips is he's got like a win over Sonia Dong. He's 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 a really good fighter, Kyler Phillips. Um, and Rocco is coming off of his, uh, I think, debut in the UFC where he got beat by uh, Charles Jourdain, mm-hmm. and that was quite a fun fight. So I'm expecting this to be quite a, a, a fun fight. Uh, you got anything you want to say about that one? No, not really. I, I just think it'd be a fun fight. You know, Kyla Phillips is always in, you know, interesting fights. And and to me, that moves on to somebody who's never in a boring fight. That's Bobby Green. 100%. Bobby Green is that guy talking trash in the middle of the octagon whilst boxing your face off. He's loads of fun. Uh, I don't think he's quite that kind of top 10, top 15 level. And this is an interesting litmus test for, for Hackbrass because he's coming off that loss for uh, against Dan Hooker where Dan Hooker somehow turned into a wrestler. Um, and Nazrat's got some decent wins, but he's fallen short against guys that are kind of that top 10, top 15 level. So he's lost to Drew Dober. He's lost to the, the heart from Dan Hooker. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, I think this could be a really interesting fight to see where Pat Prest is. They could be a similar kind of career trajectory. I know Hack Prest is a lot younger than Bobby Green, but maybe both of them are those guys that are, Fun to watch, good fighters, but never quite solidify a place in like the top 10, top 15. Um, so we'll have to see about that. But again, it could definitely be a really fun fight. I'm just looking through the card and, and I was about to go on a, a, a moan about why is Andrei still fighting in the UFC. Um, two wins. Obviously, before that, he lost to Aspinall. And then before that, he was on a, a another two-fight win streak. So... I guess I don't know why I'm I'm hating on the fact that um, he's still in the UFC because he's won four out of five of his last fights, which just just feels a bit mad. It just feels like I don't know. I just presumed that Arlovsky was done and like they were just keeping him in there. But yeah, I mean, t- t- to be honest, I-, I can't argue with that. I-, I was literally I had a big thing queued up just to go like, well, you know, I think you know it's time that he just hung up his gloves, but. You know, when, when you've, you're only lost in the last five fights, he's, he's Tom Aspinall. You've got every right to be fighting. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean... Uh, Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER. 
Arlovsky's become that gatekeeper type role to the top yeah. 15. If you beat Arlovsky, you're probably looking at a top 15 fighter. But there's a lot of young prospects that come up that then end up fighting Arlovsky and falling short. I think Tanabosa was one guy that everyone was like, oh, Tanabosa looks really good. Tanabosa looks good. He comes up against Arlovsky, falls short, and he's never quite, I think, made his way back into any kind of decent contention. So I think Arlovsky's a great litmus test, and he's still a big name. Like, I've just got down here, I'm like, oh, Arlovsky's on the card. That's good. I'll happily watch. I mean, Arlovsky's fight style has become a lot more technical, a lot more patient recently. But I still like to watch Arlovsky. I've got no problem with that, watching a legend. Um, in terms of fights that could matter, in terms of future fights, um, there's two of them on here that I'm interested in, actually, that'll be on the prelims. Casey O'Neill against yeah. Roxanne Modafferi. I get I very confused about where Casey O'Neill is from because uh, she's born in Scotland. I'm pretty sure she's uh, in Australia and maybe has been in Australia for a long time. And then I swear I was listening to Severe MMA podcast one day and they were saying, oh, she's Irish. So I'm very confused. I always thought she was like Scottish by way of Australian. She's but I don't born, know. Maybe she's born in, um, in Irvine, Scotland. So she's, she's, yeah. she's Scottish. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I thought. But anyway, but she's, she's been in Australia. Her accent is strange. She's got a strange kind of amalgamation of different places kind of accents. How does it sound, Blake? Honestly, I couldn't. I could not even attempt to it. And, and any accent I do, you always say, "Why are you doing Welsh?" So I'm not going to fall into that trap. Uh, you have no idea, as an actor, how much it hurts me when you pretend you don't know what accent I'm doing. That's my profession, and it hurts. It cuts oh, me deep. Um, but O'Neill's facing Roxanne Modafferi. There's a lot of buzz about O'Neill. You know, she's ranked 15th, but she's only eight and zero. And Roxanne Modafferi has had about 40 odd fights. So Casey. Needs to be careful. I mean, we saw what happened with Macy Barber. Macy Barber was on this undefeated win streak and everyone was talking about Macy Barber, the future, blah, blah, blah. Runs into Roxanne Modafari. No, Modafari uh, gets the win even though she was going into that fight as a massive underdog. So Casey O'Neill needs to make sure she doesn't fall into that trap. I don't think she will, but she needs to be careful. So uh, that would be an interesting one to look at and see how Casey O'Neill progresses in her career because... Maybe not this year, but maybe towards the end of next year. If she keeps putting wins together, we could be seeing her fighting uh, Valentina Shevchenko. And to add spice to that, her last win was against the sister. That's right. Antonina Shevchenko. So definitely someone people should keep on their radars. Um, And the other one, unless you've got something to say about that. No, no. um, The other one is Perez versus Matt Schnell. A fight that has been cancelled about three or four times. A fight that was on the original London card back in like September, yeah. uh, and has been rebooked and rebooked and rebooked. Um, I think Perez, he, his last fight was against Figueredo for the belt, mm-hmm. which he he lost in quite quick uh, fashion. I think he's ranked about fourth now, probably dropped down due to inactivity, and uh, and Chanel's ranked about ninth. It could be a good fight. It could be a fun fight. Obviously, Flyweight has moved on a lot with the, the trilogy between Moreno and Figueredo, possibly the Tetralogy coming up, and uh, and also people like Kaikara France doing bits and, and Askarov as well. So, uh, so, yeah, these guys have kind of been the forgotten guys of the Flyweight division, and they could remind everyone uh, come Saturday night that they're, they're in, in title contention as well, and they're not to be, uh, to be forgotten about. Absolutely. And I, and I agree with you, man. It's something you touched on at the beginning, which is, you know, when we first said, oh, we'll have to do a, a, a pre-271. Uh, and then I sort of looked at the card and I was like, oh, God, you know, there ain't that much to talk about on here. And going back and looking through it now, it's like, well, do you know what? There's some great fights on here. And as you said, you know, your Bobby Greens and things like that, they, they might not have any big implications on the, on the top 10 or, or the titles, but they're always going to be fan favourite fighters and there's going to be something to enjoy while you're waiting for those big hitters at the top. Absolutely, absolutely. I, this is one of those ones where, look, I'm not going to lie to you, I haven't watched the prelims for last night's fight night. I'm probably not going to. I'm a busy boy. I've got marathons to do and, you know, stuff to, to bake off to, to bake. Um, I've got stuff to do, you know. So uh, you know, I'm probably you not run out of what to it. say, then, didn't you? I, I always I do. got a bake uh, off to. I got bake. a bake off to <laughs> bake. Um, but 
you know, there's 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 stuff on. But these prelims are something I'd be very excited about. And the other fight that we haven't mentioned, I've got nothing to necessarily say about either fighters in terms of future or anything like that. But Alex Hernandez versus Renato Moicano, that's a good fight. Mm-hmm. That's a fun scrap. So I think we could be in for a card that actually delivers more than we anticipated it was. And I think we have to remind ourselves as as UFC fans or MMA fans and stuff like that, that um, we were spoiled at the end of last year. Oh, the end of last year. Time. I mean, you think about Holloway Rodriguez, uh, the, the Usman Covington 2 card that started with uh, Gaethje Chandler. Um, God, what other fights were there? It was just like these killer pay-per-view cards back to back to back the the blahovich glover card i remember being a good card as well like is it two six seven two six eight two like that there was all of these phenomenal cards and um i mean god even paolo costa vittori was yeah. a cracking fight um, maybe not amazing card but cracking fight i mean yeah, we were spoiled. And then there was the September, what what should have been London card, but became the Vegas card. Like The end of 2021, the last three, four months of 2021, we had so many phenomenal cards to watch and enjoy. And I think we've kind of got into the new year and gone, oh, not, not every card can be like yeah. those cards. We were spoiled. Um, but this one, I think people are looking at it and going, okay, Izzy Whitaker 2, phenomenal. All day long, love it. Cannoneer Brunson, yeah, yeah. Lewis Tuivasa, that's fun. That's really fun. That's great. But there's a lot of fights I think people are going, nah, not, not overly concerned. There's not huge names on the cards or anything like that other than Izzy and Whitaker and stuff. Yeah. Um, but actually, when you look at the fight for fight kind of um, uh, 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 bouts that you've got going on and stuff, there's going to be some really fun scraps and some good characters on this card. So, yeah, I actually think it is one to watch the whole event, the prelims and everything, and really get get involved in it. Absolutely. Well, look, just before we wrap things up, um, I just want to mention, see it announced today, uh, our homie Ian Gary, Darian Weeks, oh, yeah. UFC 273. Great fight. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't pretend to know a huge amount about Darian Weeks. He's, coming on, he's, he's on a two-fight uh, losing streak at the moment. Uh, he's five and one. Uh, sorry, no, five... Hang on a minute. Is he on two fight winners this week? Let me just double-check that. He's, uh... Yeah, he's got, uh... Yeah, he lost to Tony Woods. and Oh, no, that was boxing. Yeah, he's 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 um he's five and one. And, uh, yeah, his first loss uh, in the UFC was to Brian Barberina. So that's interesting. So if he's boxing, then clearly he's got decent hands. So it'd be interesting to see what Ian Gary we see... Uh, you know, make his way star studied style into that octagon. Um, I reckon it seems like it's been handpicked, right? It's not far. Who did who did Ian Gary beat uh, at that pay per view beforehand? Um, Jordan Williams yeah. uh, on the Usman Covington two card that we love. Uh, he fought Jordan Williams, who I believe was had a very up and down career. I'm looking at his record now; it's nine and five. It would have been nine and four, so that's a, a very iffy career. And now Darian Weeks, as you're saying, is, is five and one. And he's, he's, I mean, Brian Barberina is not a, a, a loss to be too ashamed of or anything, especially when your record is only uh, is only five fights at the time. I feel like I'm seeing more of this now, the UFC bringing in fighters earlier. Maybe it's something to do with a contender series or, um, or, or maybe just stopping them from going to other rival organisations. I feel like the UFC, I keep seeing records now on the prelims and stuff like that, that feel like they're, they're lesser records than what they used to be. There, there was a 4-0 and or a 3-0 and or something on last night's card as well. And I was, just, I was just surprised to see that. You think of the UFC as like the top organization, the big leagues, the Champions League of MMA. And I kind of think, you know, it's, it's unusual. Like even Ian Gary, who was, you know, a Cage Warriors champion, was seven and zero going into the UFC, so to to be in there, at, you know, well maybe five and zero is not much different. I don't know, but it, to me, it just seemed a bit. It seems a bit strange to see these kind of like lesser records in the UFC. I do think that contender series 
you know, will definitely be part of that, hundred percent. You know, he's 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 given him a golden ticket, and and everybody's yeah. going to fight for that. Um, I I think I don't know. I've just got an image of Dana White being like, being like Willy Wonka now, a bunch of Oompa Loompas following him around. <laughs> Like All these Bala- Sam Alvey and Oompa Loompa. Yeah, but I, I don't know if 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 he's been picked for for Ian Gary. Like Ian Gary's had one fight in the UFC, and like you know, obviously he, he comes with a lot of hype. Um, yeah. But he's got a you know. Don't get me wrong, we love him a bit, and we want to see him become champ. We want to see. All of that kind of kind of chit chat that he gave Rogan afterwards about you know there's another Irishman coming and you know we love it we absolutely love it but you know he's and I'm sure he'd be the first one to admit it he's got a lot to prove in the UFC yet you know he's he's a new kid on the block and you know as we've seen when you know as we, we touched upon earlier when you mentioned about Macy Barber you know sometimes it gets to another level and some fighters struggle other fighters saw you know look at Sugar Sean and things like that and yeah I think. I'm just excited for the for the Holy and Gary ride. I, I'm I'm I am passenger number one. I'm up the front, and I can't wait to watch what's going to happen because I do think he's a superstar. And let's hope, um, yeah, he gets another win. If this guy's boxing, I don't know. Does he? Does I mean, obviously, Ian Gary we saw in the last fight got big hands. You know, can really really put someone away. But obviously, when we watched him fight Jack Grant. You know, he can roll around the floor nicely as well. So, yeah, let's see what happens. But, yeah, excited to see Ian, Ian Gary back in the octagon. Absolutely. And he's so only 23 or 24 years old. So lots of uh, evolution to come of Ian Gary. Working at Sanford as well. Such a smart move to be over there with the likes of Derek Brunson and, and Gilbert Burns and, and Vincente Luque and people like that. So, yeah, I think we're going to see a, a, a huge evolution in Ian Gary and probably the right move. Take it slow. Take it slow. Take these fights that I think the UFC are handpicking some of these guys to be like build-up fights for Ian. But that's there's no problem with that. Take it slow. Give yourself a few years in the in the big leagues in the UFC, and then then start stepping up your competition. Absolutely, absolutely. Right, we'll be back with a post-fight show uh, next week. So uh, make sure you don't miss that by subscribing. Anything else you want to talk about? I'm wrapping things up here, Blake. But is there anything else you wanted to mention? No, I think we're good. I just, I think it's going to be a, a fun and exciting card, and uh, yeah, it, that, that's it, really. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so sub, subscribe, then you won't miss things uh, because we've dropped one of these as soon as we can after the event. By the time a lovely producer uh, grabs the audio and turns it around, then it'll be out for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the scraps and then enjoy the post fight show next week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.